Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. subject of chapters. We're going to talk about chapters tonight. Everybody say chapters. Everybody say chapters. Come on, stand up for two more minutes. Come on. Come on. Get your energy. Get your little energy. Stand up for two more minutes. You're going to be sitting down for about 30. Stand up. It's all right. It's all right. Amen. It's like, act like Tim Duncan just scored a goal. Stand to your feet. All right. Everybody say chapters. We're going to the word of the Lord tonight, and we're going to read from the book of Romans. So let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, one of my favorite passages. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. He just keeps adding to you. He foreknew you, so he predestinated you. And when he predestinated you, he called you. And when he called you, he justified you. And when he justified you, he glorified you. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, If God is for us, hallelujah, who can be against us? One more verse. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Everybody say, he is for me. He is for me. My subject tonight is simply chapters. You may be seated. Thank you for being such a kind group of people. Now, Sunday, everybody say, Sunday special. You know what's first, you know what's special first about Sunday morning? You know what's special first? Brother Justin, good to see you, man. I love you, buddy. Stand up. Let me give you a hand. I'm glad to see you, Brother Justin. Let's give Brother Justin a hand. He's been having to work some on. These, these kids are awesome. Justin and, and Brooke, they're awesome people, and we're glad they're in our church. The Useltons, what a joy to have them. What's happening Sunday morning? You know what that means now. Let me, let me explain it to you. <laughs> let me explain it to you, okay? That means you set your clock up one hour. If you go to bed, like good people ought to go to bed on Saturday night, about 10 o'clock <laughs> or 10.30 after the news, whatever, after you've witnessed your favorite team on the sports getting beat or winning, at 10 o'clock, when you go to bed, it's 11 o'clock. Thought I'd share that with you. That means you're going to get one hour less sleep Saturday night. So what I think I'd do, I think I'd practice. I think I'd do it Friday night. See how it works on Saturday morning. 
You know, I've always wanted to do this, and I wish we could do it this year, but we didn't start soon enough to advertise it. I think this church ought to have a special grace dispensation that we set our clocks ahead in the afternoon on Sunday so you folks can all get some good night's rest on Saturday night and not have to get up on Sunday because they won't do it on a Saturday. They, they won't do it on a Sunday. Hell don't want people to come to church. But we're going to get up Sunday morning and come to church. Amen? And the 9 o'clock service is going to be awesome. The 11 o'clock service is going to be awesome. We got Micah Lancaster here Sunday. Lancaster, he's an awesome young man. He is a trainer of NBA basketball stars. He is a 5-foot, 6-inch boy that uh, uh, is, is probably one of the most avid ball handlers that you'll ever see in your life. He's going to give his testimony here Sunday morning. Then pastor's going to come with the word of the Lord after his testimony. And we're going to have just a great, great time. You're going to enjoy Micah Lancaster. He's going to be here. And then on Sunday afternoon, he's going to have some clinics and some, uh, some things over in the gym. And a lot of kids are going to come over and watch him and uh, try to learn some things from him. We want to bring him in because he's a Christian boy. And he, he, he's had a great story in his life. And he's going to be talking to us on Sunday morning. And you're going to enjoy that. Amen. Even if you don't like basketball, you like to see people who have turned their life toward the Lord. Amen. And so it's going to be a great, great morning. We're going to enjoy that. And then spring break. How many of you folks, how many of you folks are looking forward to spring break? All right. Spring break. Come on. Spring break. It means your kids are going to be home. Amen. Oh, you'll be happy when Saturday gets here and it's over. But spring break's next week, and we're going to have a wonderful time. Spring break. All right, everybody say chapters. chapters. I want to talk to you tonight about, about chapters. When you look at a person's story, and we all have a story, you realize that their story is always divided into what we call chapters. There are chapters in the story of our lives. There are chapters in the story of our businesses. There are chapters in the story of our church. But chapters are chapters. They are not the story. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. A good book is made up of many chapters that are a part of a greater value and a greater whole. The chapters that are good or bad are not meant to be the story. They are like ingredients to a recipe. They are all meant to contribute perhaps a flavor of something much better and greater than just the, 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 the part called the chapter. And some people take a chapter and make it their story. And that's when we fall and make mistakes. They say stuff like, that's the story of my life. A day late and a dollar short. That's the story of my life. Two steps forward, one step or three steps back. That's the story of my life. If anything bad is going to happen, it's going to happen to me. But what people don't realize is that that day late was supposed to be a chapter, but not a story. That dollar short is going to be a chapter in all of our lives. But it's not the story. I want to declare to you tonight before I really get going on this. Don't sabotage your story by embracing a chapter as a story. Remember, chapters 
are chapters. They are not the story. And remember this. God always intends our story to be a story of triumph. Do you believe God wants you to triumph? Do you believe God wants you to win? Do you believe God wants you to have the victory in your life? He always intends our story to be a story of victory. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. That word triumph means a continual victory. It does not mean just one victory in one day. It means a continual victory. And it is a word picture that everyone at Corinth had seen and identified with. And that's why Paul could talk about triumphal procession in Christ. Because when a triumphant general came home from a battle, not only was he, was he lauded and praised, not only did he come with banners, not only did he come identified as a triumphant general, but behind him with a rope tied round his neck was the general that he had conquered. And behind that general with chains on their bodies was the army that they had conquered. And behind those men was the, was the, was the advance of cash and money that they had conquered when they conquered those people. And behind the money was all the food sustenance. And so what they did, not only did they bring the army back, not only did they bring the survivors back, but they brought back material things so people could live in their city. And they brought back food sustenance so people could have the best in their city. What I'm saying is a win is a win, but a triumph is a triumph. And what God wants you to understand is that you can walk in a triumphal procession with Christ because behind Christ on the lead horse of this world is a Lucifer that takes commands from the Christ that we worship right now. I'm here to tell you, the devil is on a leash and he's on a short leash. He is not the commander-in-chief of this world. There is a Savior who is commander-in-chief of this world. And even though Lucifer may be the prince and power of the air, there is a victory that overcometh the world in our life, even our faith. And the Lord said, I want you to get behind me and understand that we're going to triumph in life. We're going to win in life. Your story may have chapters that will break down, but I'm telling you, when the story is over, you're going to win in this thing called life. Somebody help me right now. That is your story. Don't let chapters of injustice, don't let chapters of prejudice. Don't let chapters of failure. Don't let chapters of sorrow. Don't let chapters of guilt have the final word in your life. Grab this imagery that Paul writes to the Corinthians about in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Get in that triumphal procession with Christ. Brand this picture in your heart. God always leads us in a triumphal procession. 
He always, as I thought about this, some book titles jumped out at me as being accurate summaries of some people's lives, like distractions from destiny, living on the border of disorder, the lies that are holding you back, on the brink of failure. Then I saw others, better ones, titles I think God would want as the summary of our lives. Titles like Just Like Jesus. Titles like Built to Last. Titles like From Good to Great. Titles like Failing Forward. Titles like Power and Passion. Titles like Dare to Succeed. And I love this one, titles like A Winning Attitude. Here's what I want to declare. Don't let the chapter determine your story. A chapter is a chapter. Your story is your story. Amen? Clap your hands and rejoice to that right now as we go forward. But let me go a little deeper. Some of the worst chapters make the best stories. Some of the worst chapters Woo! Make the best story. Devil, you thought you had me, didn't you? I got you. I got out of that vice. I got out of that hole. I got out of that position. I reversed it. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I'll never forget. I'll never forget when Dan Grable, who was a great Iowa State wrestler way back before some of y'all were ever born, and Grable went on to coach the Iowa State Cyclones in wrestling, one of the greatest wrestling colleges in North America. And Grable in the Olympics was going to wrestle a Russian fighter who had never been defeated in Greco-Roman wrestling. And he was going to grapple with him. And the fighter had never, had never been beaten, had never been beaten. And Grable told his coach, he said, Coach, I can get him. I know one weakness that he has, and I'm going to get him. And then the rest is just going to be the rest. And Grable put a move on this Russian wrestler about 30 seconds into the, into the bout. About 30 seconds into the bout. A three-round situation. He put, a, he put a move on him. And he, and he grabbed the boy's leg, and he got his leg, and before the, the man knew it, he had him twisted down and was on his back and got a point. And when the man tried to get up and throw him off, he got another point, point. he got up two to nothing. And he knew... He knew that in order for him to lose that match, he had to be pinned. And he said, if I just don't get pinned, I'm going to win this thing. I'll never forget watching the match. I watched it, and I was cheering for Grable, just like I cheered for the 1980 U.S. hockey team against the Russians. Amen. But let me tell you what happened in that one. I already knew the score when I watched it on the screen for the first time. And I laid back, put my feet up on a, on a coffee table, ate some nachos and cheese, and said, I know who's going to win this thing. But when Grable wrestled the Russian, I didn't know who was going to win it. And I saw Dan Grable do the best he could because the boy had never been beaten. But he never got a point on Grable. Grable won that match two to nothing. He never got a point on him because he knew he had to pin him, and Grable would never let him get close enough to pin him. The point is simply this. Grable might have looked like a coward the last two rounds, by getting away from him, but he'd already done his work on the front end. Amen. 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 And some of the worst chapters, and some of the worst chapters make some of the best stories. You see, the greater the adventure in your life, 
the greater the adversary in your life, the greater the challenge in your life, the greater the story. Think about your favorite stories. The best stories have chapters in the stories about seemingly impossible and difficult situations. You know what books I read when I was a kid? I read all the Hardy Boy mystery books. You know what book my wife read? The Nancy Drew mystery books. I hate to tell you all this. When I was a, when I was a junior hire, I used to read five Hardy Boy books in one day. My mama had to take them away from me. My eyes would get so blurry that I'd have to blink and, and go outside for about 10 minutes and get my eyes back. But I wanted to read those stories. Every chapter was, oh, my God. What's going to happen? And I had to come back and read the next chapter. But when I got through, I knew at the end of that story who was going to win. Joe and Frank were going to win the fight. They're going to win, the Hardy Boys. And Patty said I knew Nancy Drew was going to win the whole thing. And so many times we look at chapters. No one, no one would want to read a book without adventure. No one would want to read a book without thrills, without challenges, without adversity. Every great story has chapters where people find themselves in desperate situations. In the Olympics, the greatest stories are people who've had difficult chapters in their life. Like skaters whose moms have died suddenly while she was at a game competing. Or like the Nancy Kerrigan story that had her knees attacked just before competition. And there's Bible stories the same way. We hear chapters that describe people being thrown, my Lord, into a fiery furnace being thrown into a den of lions, or the story of people trapped like they were at Masada in a mountain and held hostage all their life. And then one day, they decide that this chapter is not their story, that they're going to come out of that hole. They're going to come out of the den of lions. They're going to come out of the fiery furnace, and they're going to make a story for their life. That's what it's about. But after it's all said and done, doesn't it make a great story? If you were to grab a chapter of Chris Kane's life, she's a precious girl that's just written a brand new book. You would read how she was disowned and abandoned by her mother. Pastor Brian Houston of Hillsong encourages everyone to check out her new book. The new book is called Undaunted. She said, you need to be the love. You need to be the hope. You need to be the chance. Chris Kane was a terrible, a, a terribly oppressed girl. If you were to grab a chapter of Tyler Perry's life, You'd read how he was born in extreme poverty and had an abusive father. And he was living in his car at age 28. So why do we assume our story is a bad one the minute the adventure comes? I'm here to tell you something. God has something great for you. Even if you're in a down posture right now and you're not seeing the favor that other people are seeing, you need to lift up your head and lift up your eyes and lift up your voice and say, no, 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 that's just a chapter. And it may be a bad chapter, but the story's not over. The story's not over. I'm going to come out of this thing, and my story's going to be a winning story. You may not decide the chapters, but you do decide the story. Point number three. Boy, I can preach this right now. None of us, none of us are the sole authors of our life story. There are many contributing writers. The plots are formed by families that we're born into, by the neighborhood we grew up in, by the classmates at our school. Am I talking to you? By the teachers in those schools, by the church we attend, 
Make no mistake about it. It's not their story, even though they may add to your story, but it is your story. God presented animals to Adam way back yonder and said, I want you to name them. And Adam named every animal that walked up to him. And in the same way, God presents you with plots and scenarios, but it's up to you to name them. Things may come into your life, but you put the name on them. You put the name victory or defeat. You put the name glory or agony. You put the name on them like stumbling block or stepping stone. You put the name on them like problem or opportunity. You put the name on them like bitter life or better life. You put the name on them like delayed or denied. It's you that names every situation. I have decided that no matter what comes my way, no matter what walks up to me, no matter what comes into my life, I'm not going to name it something that's going to whip me. I'm going to name it something I'm going to get over. I'm not here to be defeated. I'm here to win because God has allowed me to walk in that triumphant processional with him. I'm walking in it. I'm walking in it. My lens, I could preach right now. At our house, I'm sorry to tell you this because it's going to hurt some of your feelings when I tell you this. At our house, we recorded the TV drama series 24 every Monday night. I'm sorry. I just like Jack Bauer. In fact, I saw Jack Bauer. I saw Kiefer Sutherland at another place, and I, I waved at him. I said, hey, Kiefer, you used to make my Monday nights. I said, I'm a preacher that liked 24. He said, let's have a picture. And I said, thank you. I got a picture with Kiefer because I said that to him. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> but our house, we recorded that TV drama. Every episode ended in a cliffhanger. It really did. The plots were formed, and then we all wondered what was the star Kiefer going to do with this one? What's he going to do, Jack Bauer? What's he going to do? What's he going to do, Jack? What's he going to do? Man, it was tough. He's in the White House. There was bomb threats. There was poisonous gas threats. There was all kinds of threats. And we all know that our star doesn't decide the chapters, but he does decide the response, and which then decides the story. Why am I preaching this? I'm preaching this because I'm going to share something with you in just a little while that's going to maybe change your whole concept. Because I got a book here that's got some chapters in it too. And the things that happened in this book were not anything on my own doing. It was things that come into my life. It was things that happened one March day, 1981. It was not something that I caused. It was not something that I could have prevented. It was not anything that I could have done to change the facts of what was going to happen on that day. But I tell you what, people were standing by saying, what's going to happen to the preacher? What's going to take place in his life? How's he going to respond to this? How's he going to name this? Is this going to be the end of it? Is this going to be all of it? Is this going to be the way it's going to end? There's sometimes, folks, when you don't make your own destiny, destiny makes itself for you. But you've got to choose what you're going to do with the destiny that's put in front of you. My whole life was fixed. My boy, my daughter, my wife, everything was fixed in my life. A church in Dallas that I would stay at for the rest of my life, that I would never go anyplace else. 
And then one day, destiny said, no, 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 no. How are you going to name this? What are you going to call this? What are you going to put on this? What kind of name are you going to call this? And I'll never forget as long as I live. People were so worried about me. People said, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if he's ever going to come back or not. But here's what I want to tell you. When I looked at it, I understood something. And 20 years later, 22 years later, I wrote this book called With a Palm and a Willow. And there's chapters in here. There's 17 of them. And several of them are not good chapters. But I promise you, when you get to the end of the book, you see the man that's preaching to you right now that could not change his destiny that could not change what happened to me that did not get involved in how it happened in my life but I'm here tonight because a chapter does not make my story my story is made outside of one chapter in my life I want to help somebody in this house because it's so easy to get to feeling sorry for yourself that Wednesday's next Wednesday, and I won't be in the pulpit next Wednesday. I'll be gone next Wednesday. I'm going to take a little R&R next Wednesday, and I'll be out of pocket. And next Wednesday would be the night. The night it happened 32 years ago, but at the same time, nothing I did caused that to happen. Nobody was out of the will of God. Nobody was walking the wrong path. Nobody was doing the wrong thing. I want, I want you to listen to me. Good things or bad things do happen to good people sometimes. And things that you can't understand and things that you say, wow, that just came out of nowhere. It was like a whirlwind in the middle of West Texas. It just kind of blew up and it blew the house over. What in the world happened here? What's happened? And you can't understand it. You can't judge it. You can't put a, you can't put a figure on it. You can't put any kind of mindset on it. It just happens. It just takes place. And you examine yourself and what have I done wrong? And you look at yourself and say, my God, how is this? How can I ever preach again? How can it ever happen again? But I'm here to tell you something. I'm here to tell you something. You may not decide the chapters, but you still decide the story. And I don't know. I know it's a convoluted thing to say it this way. But if that situation had ever come, had never come in my life, I would have never got to know the fabulous people of Austin, Texas. I'd have never got to know the glorious church that God was going to give us here. Forgive me for getting emotional here tonight. But I'm telling you, chapters don't have to complete your story. One chapter don't have to decide your future. You hear me? Somebody said, well, I walked away from a marriage a long time ago. Well, I did this to my family. I did that. One chapter don't make your life. One chapter don't make your life. Pastor, I had an abortion. Oh, 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 so I'm so sorry you had an abortion. But you've been repented now. You've been forgiven. You've been washed. He has predestined you. He has called you. He has justified you. He has glorified you. You're not that person. Keep on walking. The story is not over yet. Somebody. Somebody needs to hear a preacher. Somebody needs to hear somebody right now. I have a dear friend in this congregation tonight that lost a wife. Lost a wife to cancer. I have a dear friend in this audience tonight that lost a husband to Agent Orange from Vietnam and all the predicaments that it brought. And yet God has not finished their story. His story's not over. God's still writing their story. 
It's just a chapter. And you may not decide what the chapter says, but you do decide what the story says. Amen? Amen? A particular lady came up to me today and at the, in the office at the front door and asked me a particular question. And the only thing I knew to do was just pray. So I just put my arm around her and I started praying. Because the conundrum of her life is it's very unique. And it's not, it's, not, it's not the business of the church, but it's a very unique conundrum in her life. And I just put my arm around her and I just prayed. I don't have to know everything about your life to pray for you. You don't have to come and confess everything that you've ever done for me to pray for you. I just know that chapters can be created in your life and hell wants it to be your story. But it's not your story. Your story's still moving forward. Your story's still going on. And God's going to complete it because you're in that triumphal procession with him. I close tonight. The end of a chapter is not the end of the story. Wow. Everybody say, I can't choose who puts things in my chapter. But I can choose how the story ends. And then I'm going to close and say the end of the chapter is not the end of the story. This is the Easter season. God, I love the Easter season. I love it because Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, the Son of God, came. And died for me. I went to a funeral Monday. Everybody needs to go to a funeral every now and then. A lot of young people don't want to go to funerals because it makes them think. But everybody needs to go to a funeral every now and then. I'm a little sober tonight, aren't I? Everybody needs to go to a funeral. You need to go to a funeral. Solomon said there's more learned in a house of mourning than there ever is in a house of laughter. You need to go to a funeral every now and then because it makes you realize, man, I'm not immortal. I am mortal. What am I writing in my story? What am I writing? What am I saying? Am I in that triumphal procession with Christ? The winner of all winners? The triumphant general of all triumphant generals? And at that funeral the other day of a 92-year-old woman, 92, I listened to a song sung by a southern gospel group as I looked at pictures shining on the video overhead in a funeral home. And I sat there and cried my eyes out. I looked around and there were people sniffling, wiping their eyes, understanding that the woman who they were eulogizing had written her story. The final chapter had just been closed and her book was completed. She was a woman whose dad didn't want her to have anything to do with the church. He didn't want his kids to live for God. But one night a 
an evangelist brought a tent revival to their town way back yonder. She was born in 21. Brought a tent revival to their town and the dad thought he would take the kids out, let them enjoy the music and they'd sit in the wagon and not go inside the tent and just hear what they had to say inside the tent. And this little, this little girl who was 10 years old at the time heard the evangelist give the call. She said, Dad, can I go? Can I get out of the wagon and go give my heart to the Lord? And her daddy said, no, you're not going in that place. You're not going in that place. And so the little woman that we buried Monday, Tuesday, the little woman that we buried yesterday went to the back of that wagon and even though somebody put something in her life that she didn't put there herself, he said, no, you can't go. She fell down on her knees in the back of the wagon and gave her heart to the Lord. She, her husband became pastors. They pastored a church way out in Mason, Texas. Three hour drive from where they lived and every Sunday they drove three hours to pastor a church. How do you get a chapter like that in your, in your life? How do you get a chapter like that? And they went, and one day somebody came to them and said, Hey, there's a family in this town that you need to go see. They don't want anything to do with Christ. They don't want anything to do with the Lord, but I think y'all could help them. Y'all could lead them to the Lord. And they went out, and they met people who were almost agnostic. And in less than an hour, this pastor and his wife led these people to the Lord into the waters of baptism. And, you ready for this? Their son married the daughter of the people that the parents won to God. Put that in your chapter, devil. And that family produced a preacher boy that did the funeral and the eulogy for his grandmother. You don't always understand the chapters. But when I saw the pictures flashing, I saw a little spirit-filled Pentecostal woman. I saw a woman that knew what it was to ride in the buckboard, knew what it was to probably get her first car, knew what it was to have not indoor plumbing but outdoor plumbing, knew what it was to have not the amenities of life but the tough side but the last picture I saw of her the last picture I saw of her 91 years and 356 days old her hand little old skinny hand was in the air somebody was reading the Bible to her she had her hand in the air magnifying the Lord one day before she died Every now and then, you need to go to a funeral. You need to go see what it is to finish and to finish strong and to understand that life, life will write some chapters in your book that will make you want to quit. But remember, it's just a chapter. It's just a chapter. It's not your story. And the preacher that's preaching here tonight
has some chapters written in his book. Has some chapters written in his book. Two years after coming here, my brother, my brother came to see me. He told me in no uncertain terms he was tired of living. Went back to his place in Snyder and within just a little while, the call came that he had taken his life. The church had not grown much then. It was a chapter that I didn't ask for. But I promise the response to that chapter was the same as it was 11 years earlier. You can't help what is written in your book, but you can help how you respond to that book and respond to that chapter. Am I preaching to you right now? And so I'm, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. The end of a chapter is not the end of a story. It's, it's Easter time, and here we go. You ready? Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. I'm done. But what does that mean? Does it mean it's all over? No. It's just the completion of a chapter. It's just the end of a chapter. There's something new coming in the next chapter. There's something fresh coming in the next chapter. And it's about to begin. I, I know a lot of churches who have Good Friday services where people leave in heaviness and sorrow. And it's a service that's not presented right. Because the cross was not defeat. It was just a chapter in the life of Jesus Christ. And things that happen in your life does not mean defeat. A moment of, a moment of, of insanity does not mean failure in your life. It means that you have a chance to write the next chapter and bring your story to a glorious conclusion that God wants you to have. Friday was a chapter when he said it's finished. But there's no need for us to be sad now. Sunday was a new chapter. There's a never a time to stop expecting God to do great things in your life through every chapter. Declare that the story of your life will be a story of triumph and victory so I read I brought my book out here tonight I'm not pushing my book but after 17 chapters some good some bad some wondering some not understanding some with a little fear some with a little intrepidation some worried about my girl some worried about my future. I wrote an epilogue. And the epilogue said it this way. Perhaps the sentiments best reflected in this book is in the following. As this project was coming to a close, a friend of mine told me a story I thought was worth including. He was working at home and his two-year-old son was playing in the room along beside him. Both seemed to be lost in their own world. But without thinking anything of it, the dad got up to leave the room, and suddenly his son said, I want to go with you, Daddy. Can I go with you? Even though he had just gotten up to stretch and walk, just walk around a little, he picked up the boy and said, Sure, you can come with Dad. And as the father left the room, his son surprised him by asking another question. Where are you going, Daddy? It's not the question that surprised him. It was the order in which his son had asked them. Before he ever asked his dad where he was going, he asked if he could go with him. Regardless of where the father was going, the son immediately wanted to go along. All that mattered to the little boy was he got to be with his dad. 
Then I wrote, I don't know the exact path God will lead you on as you journey from grief to grace. I don't know the twists, the turns, the ins and outs, the ups and downs that await you. My only hope is that when you see Jesus, you don't get hung up on the particulars. When he invites you to dinner, I hope you don't ask to see the menu before deciding whether you want to go or not. I conclude this book with a prayer for you and, and your life. I pray his presence in your life is paramount. I pray his presence means more than the pathway. I pray that when you find yourself in his presence, you will declare, I want to go with you, Daddy, before you ever ask, where are we going? And so tonight, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's little consecration time. I think it's time to kind of examine ourselves. Because a lot of us, this is the first time in the whole year that I've kind of preached on a different level to this congregation. But I think it's time that you need to ask yourself, have I let a chapter in my life change the outcome of my story of victory and winning? Have I let a chapter in my life that I didn't even have control over? Have I allowed it to be the thing that is hindering me from my walk with God? Have I allowed a chapter in my life that something that happened 20 years ago, something that happened 10 years ago, some kind of misfortune that took place in the past, have I allowed that to bitter my spirit and hurt me and destroy the functions of my now day? Have I allowed a chapter in my yesterday to make my story incomplete? I don't want an I in this class, and I sure don't want an F in this class. When God has promised me with his grace, I can have an A-plus in this class. Amen. I want us to stand to our feet. I want us to lift our hands to the Lord, and I want us to thank Him. I want us to thank Him because God's got us chapters in our life. He's put chapters in our hearts. He's put chapters in our spirit. He's put chapters, and every one of us have chapters. Every one of us have something in our life. Every one of us have something that would want to pull us down. Every one of us have something that want to destroy us. Every one of us have something that want to say, you know what, you'll never have a complete life. You'll never know the full joy of being a child of God. You'll never know the completeness of having a completed life. But I'm here to tell you, chapters don't make the story. You make the story. You are the story. You are the person that God wants to help. You are the person he wants you to live triumphant. He wants you to walk in his procession of triumphantness right now. Amen. Would you lift your hands all over the house and let's bless him. Let's bless his name right now. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.